0: Welcome to the Faith is Not Blind podcast. I'm Sarah Devon and I'm here with Casey. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We're really glad you're here, especially because you're a convert to the church. And tell us how long it's been since you got baptized. It's been in December. It will be five years. Five years already. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. Um, So you've been a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for five years. Talk about what your religious upbringing was like then where were you raised and what was it like so i kind of lived in california well i
1: did until i was about 16 and we had some religious upbringing but not very much it was just kind of like a christian non-denominational church that i would sometimes participate with um i didn't really know a lot about jesus or you know, religion in, gen- in general. My mom had grown up Catholic, and my stepdad was also, he had also grown up Catholic, but they didn't really have a big influence for me as far as religion. And then we found our way back here, you know, to Idaho. And it wasn't until after I had my kids that I just kind of knew there was something else besides, like, the Earth, and I, there had to be a purpose for us here to be yeah. on Earth. like. Yeah. I had twins. And so, and you know that,
0: (laughs) but yeah. um... Talk a little bit about what led up to that. Let's just rewind a little bit. You said that your parents didn't give you a lot of religious education. No. What was it like living in Idaho where there are quite a few members of the church when, and you weren't a member of the church? What, what, did that feel like so that was a bit of a culture shock for me
1: because i had never heard of the latter day saints or the mormons in the yeah. church and i i didn't understand what it was i remember my first day of high school here and everybody was asking me if i was a member and i was like what are you, what are you talking a about member of
0: what yeah yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i had no idea what it what it was and um yeah i would never heard of the church so for me it was just totally totally something new and yeah i and i lived with my grandparents when i came to idaho Mm -hmm. and they both were raised catholic i believe they weren't very religious i think we had gone to like a church over here by the in rexburg by the post office i can't even remember the name of it we'd gone there like once but that was about as much religious upbringing that i had yeah and they had missionaries come by to try to um you know, talk to them. And I remember one time, my grandpa just said, "Hey, look, I don't want to talk about religious anything. I'm not going to join your church, but will you come over? And you can come over anytime and hang out with us, whatever you would like." And so we did have missionaries at our house all the time. We even had them over for like Thanksgiving. And, wow. Yeah. So,
0: so you had social interactions yes. with them, but not necessarily no, spiritual ones. No knowledge of it. So. so as you talked about, you had twins. Yes. So, um, how old were you when you had your twins? I was 25. And what was, what was the situation like when you had your twins? So just describe that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So that was like a completely different part of my life, but I, um, was a single mom and well, I still am a single mom, but I ended up, uh, moving to Rigby and I found out I was pregnant. I knew I was going to be a single mom from the beginning. Wow. And I had a friend that lived in Rigby that said, hey, look, you can come here and stay with us for as long as you need, and we'll help you figure out you know, what your next steps are. And they were members of the church, but they were not active in the church. So I, made, I was living in Pocatello at the time, and I made the transition from Pocatello to Rigby and then I had found out I was pregnant with twins and it was a shock, but it was kind of funny because looking back now, I, I had some sort of a calmness or a clarity at that moment that I just knew everything was gonna be okay, even though it was gonna be double the work and everything. I yeah. just There was something telling me that everything was gonna be fine. So I remember finding out and I was crying and laughing. It was like such a mixture of emotions. And, um, so that's where I was living when I had my twins. And while I was pregnant, the missionaries and the people in their ward would come over all the time. And I just, I didn't know anything about it. I just kind of would sneak off to my room and I, I didn't understand why they were coming over, but the Bishop would come over and everybody was so kind and they were always trying to include them and their family. And so one day I just started asking my friend and I was like, Hey, like, what do you guys believe in? What is, what are your beliefs? And it was after I had my twins that I, my questions started to progress and I just really had a feeling like there's no way God just gave me these twins. This is such a miracle. Mm -hmm. Why do I have them? And what there has to be, there has to be a heaven. There has to be a heavenly, a greater power. And so the missionary started coming over and giving me the lessons and, um, Started, you know, to just invite me to church and I really kind of struggled though because I still had Kind of what I what I was semi-taught growing up, you know, they Mm -hmm. didn't my I remember my stepdad telling me like There are no other prophets besides, you know, these Old Testament prophets and so I had had just like a very little knowledge about it and so I had a lot of questions for them and things that I needed to like ponder on my own Um, and so they had invited me to get baptized, but I just, I delayed it. So I started taking them, I think around April when my twins, my twins were born in February and they started coming over around April. And, um, I think it was around June that they asked me to be baptized. And I just was like, I don't know if I am ready or if I really believe it. Like, I don't know. And, um, it wasn't till December. It was actually around November. I called them. And I was like, hey, guys, I'm, re- I'm ready to be baptized and you need to do this because <laughs> I was getting ready to move um, out of their home into my own apartment. And I was like, I want to get baptized here with my missionaries that taught me, you know, I don't know. I didn't even understand fully why I needed to be baptized, but I just knew that I needed to do it then and there. So so I got baptized and then after that, I still struggled. I feel like I didn't. I still felt a little lost, and you know, with life's challenges, and I was struggling, like raising my twins on my own. You know, I don't. I don't have that support from their father, and um, it was hard. I just didn't know why. You know, and and I was reading that um, chapter in the book, the second chapter, and it was like, and the faith is not blind yeah, book. yeah yeah in the book, and I was like, wow, it really just kind of spoke to me like the three stages that you go through Mm -hmm. and you kind of in that second stage where you're kind of like, oh, uh, you know, all these bad things start happening or you feel
0: like the weight of everything and then you start questioning it, but in almost a negative way. Talk about complexity though. I mean, being a single woman with newborn twins, that's a lot of complexity. Yeah. Let's talk about when that, your initial introduction to the church. How did that affect you to have people so kind to you? You're pregnant with twins and you're single. Did did that sort of help usher in a more positive experience before you encountered the difficulty? I think that's really interesting that everyone reached out to you, and that might not be the case in every ward.
1: No, it and it was hard because after I I moved from Rigby to another ward, and they it was um, in St. Anthony, and they. I, they tried, but at that time I was just kind of keeping my twins home. It was over the winter. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to get sick. They were preemies. But their kindness in, in Rigby was so great. It really did help me. And then it was hard because I did transition from St. Anthony to, to Rexburg again. And then I had moved one more time. And so it was kind of bouncing around wards. And, I, and so with that, I didn't really reach out at that point. So I wouldn't say I fell away, but I definitely almost distanced myself from it and I didn't continue on the path and it wasn't until actually I finally I think I just I don't know what it was life was really hard and I was still struggling with them and with uh, raising my kids and figuring out where, where I was at and I, you know, yeah, being a single mom in Rexburg is a little tricky, especially not being married or, you know, and, and being in this kind of environment here. Yeah. And it's not a bad environment, but where I was at, I made it a negative thing. I was the one that was doing
0: that. And, um, well, it helped you see that that's a really mature attitude yeah. because as you're talking about that sort of stage two yeah. that, that you were recognizing from chapter two in the book, what helped you step back enough and distance yourself and say, this isn't these other people. Yeah. It's not even necessarily the situation. It's my attitude about it. How, yeah. how did you recognize that?
1: So I just, I feel like I, I felt like, like you know, those flies that hit the lantern and like they keep like, you know, bouncing they off the lantern, but duck. they keep go, <laughs> going towards the light. That's yeah. how I felt I where I was at. I feel like I'm all over the place right now, by the way, but that's how it... Felt And I just, with my attitude and with my perspective on where I was, I just felt like, wow, I really need to try something different because this, what I'm doing is not helping me progress. I'm not changing. I'm not moving forward. I'm just kind of, everything is just staying the same.
0: Yeah, so a, something yeah. has to change. What a great question. I mean, it's so introspective to be able to say, if things are not working and if I'm not progressing. Yeah. then I need to change something. So what do you feel like you changed the most, just maybe beyond your attitude? What changed to help you get beyond that sort of pessimistic attitude?
1: It was, a lot of it was my focus. And fo- I had, I, even though I was baptized, I don't know if I ever really gave it a chance mm-hmm. and really let it into my heart to know that it was really true and to know that, my heavenly father was watching over me my whole life. It wasn't just until I got baptized that he was with me. And it was a conversation that I had with my aunt. um, And I was sitting with her one day and I was yeah being pessimistic. And I was like, you know, I feel like some people in my new ward are probably judging me and looking at me like, why is she even here? You know, and and she just she was like, you know, I'm sure there are people out there that have that who are maybe doing that but there's nothing different from you and them. And you both, you and that person are both equally able to get the blessings of the gospel. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing that can stop you from accessing those blessings. And I just, that to me was kind of profound because I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like I, I, even though this, my life was like this until this point, there is the atonement. I was forgiven, yeah. and, and I get to move forward and start fresh. So I, um, I, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to just try, and I'm going to try to go through the temple. I'm going to just give it a shot, and then if it doesn't work, what do I have to lose? <laughs> like, <laughs> So that was really what I thought <laughs> and like my perspective on it. So I had talked to my bishop and, you know, told him where I was at. And we just kind of made a plan. Mm -hmm. It started with getting my patriarchal blessing. And that just set, like, that was just amazing. So, um, yeah, that experience was just really beautiful. And then after I did that, it was like a month later. They were blessing the Meridian Idaho Temple. And so I had a... um, a temporary recommend for that. And then and then I took my endowment for the temple dedication. For the temple dedication, yeah. And then after that I took my endowment out at the beginning of August. So it was just really good things. But I feel like you do you you still have like questions and you still kinda struggle, but Once I, and it doesn't end after you go through the temple. Like it doesn't, you know, you still. It's not a finish line. Yeah, it's not. You have to endure. You have to keep moving and you have to keep growing. Yeah. And you have to
0: keep your focus on the, on the gospel and on a heavenly father. I think it's fascinating how you said you did get baptized, but you didn't know if you had a testimony. And that sometimes we do feel like rather than being a developmental process, a testimony is something either you have or you don't. Yeah. How did it help you as you were moving towards the temple, as you realized, oh, this, in, this whole enduring to the end thing, it's progressive, and I do a little bit of it every day. How did it help you to view yourself and your situation and your testimony as something developmental? Oh,
1: man, it's helped me so much, and I think even now, like you think, oh, here I'm done. I made it, and it's it's not like that. Things happen, trials happen, and you have to look at yourself as you're growing always. And that this isn't it. There is stuff that's going to come after this. So I don't know if that answers the question. Oh very yeah, well, but no, I love it. There's yeah. there's
0: always something to come. Always, there's always something in the future for yourself. Yeah, and for other people as you think about your situation, which like you said, it is a unique situation in the church and yeah. in the, especially in a small town. Yeah. And your aunt's advice of I, saying you, you have access to all these blessings yeah. and they have access yes. to all these blessings. So just let yourself be blessed. And I have a wonderful word, by the way, <laughs> Not
1: like, yeah. Yeah. it was really my perspective. Cause after that, it was just, I felt like people were really nice and people are there and they do really care. You just, if you're looking at the darkness, you're going to find it. But if you're looking towards the light, you're going to see that light in your life. So, And that's
0: so so mature to (laughs) take take responsibility for that.
1: Yeah. So even, you know, and you, there are times where I still like, you struggle and of course, like, of course, you know, but when I find myself looking towards like the negative or the that side of it, I just am like, okay, I have to stop, just breathe and remember that like, yeah, this is just a little, little time. This is just a little portion. And actually in the come follow me, it was just like a few weeks ago there in the second Corinthians, Mm -hmm. it talks about, um, how your trials are going to be, you know, consoled. And it is so profound. I I think this portion of that, of come follow me, it's called my trials can be a blessing. Mm. And it just, and and there are things that have happened in my life that I don't, you know, it, you question and you wonder why. It, and I know now, though, that I will have an answer for that. And those times that were really hard, they I, will be consoled to me. They will be
0: fixed. So I don't know. It's, yeah. 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 and And I love the idea of, like you said, you're taking personal responsibility for how you're feeling, not letting other people be responsible for how you're feeling. And that helps you share the responsibility of your life with God and trust Him so that your trials can be blessings and you can be responsible for the blessings too. And and recognize them and see them. Exactly. And it's not that other, because other people can hurt you. You
1: know and that happens like things can you know my situation growing up wasn't the most idealistic you know i had struggled and our family struggled and um and it's hard it's hard when you grow up with that kind of environment to think oh well you know this isn't caused by someone else and Mm -hmm. i know that my choices they'll have you know they inflicted certain certain not co- consequences, but kind of consequences. And um, yeah, so, but there is a point where you do have to kind of grow and think, hey, like this this bad thing happened to me and, or this really hard time happened to me. And I can either stay in the mindset where that's going to always control me and dictate how I interact with people or my development development moving forward, or I'm going to just say, okay, that was a little portion of my life. I have this portion, this whole 50 more years of my life that I can look forward to and know that they, they, it will get better. Like times, things will be better, you know, and some, and I, some people have it really hard on earth right now, but I just know in my heart that like things will be, they're not always going to be like that. So yeah. Yeah.
0: What a great lesson. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think you summed it up Perfectly. Thank Good. you, Casey, for yeah. being here. Thank we appreciate you. your story and you being willing to share it. Thank you.